Amen. Good singing tonight. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. We're pleased and grateful to have Brother Daniel Burdine. Him and his wife are missionaries to Nicaragua. He's going to come and preach this evening. And so please get your Bibles out and pay attention and listen. We're excited to have you, brother. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Appreciate it. And good evening to each of you. And uh, that was a joy to hear the children. That was amazing. So wonderful job, all of the kids. Great job. And I know you practiced a lot and worked hard for that. And uh, the uh, workers uh, helping and all. So a wonderful job. It was beautiful. And... Um, Beautiful singing. Girls did an amazing job singing together. The trio, that was beautiful. And are those sisters? That's what I thought. That's just family harmony, you know? You can just, you can tell that, and that's just beautiful. But uh, thank you for all your work. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful service. If you turn your Bibles with me, if you would, to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. And um, children are the uh, future of your church, and uh, they'll be in the church one day and serving the Lord, and one day in the choir that was this morning, and uh, doing a beautiful job, as y'all did this morning as well, and uh, it's exciting to see kids uh, serving the Lord and involved and doing something. Uh, our Bible college students, we have 21 students, four of them graduated, just graduated in November, but uh, every, every weekend uh, they are in their churches working. Uh, we had four young men that were pastoring as they were in college, and uh, two of them graduated, but um, every weekend they go back to their churches and they uh, minister to children and uh, bring in for Bible clubs uh, every weekend, up early on Saturday mornings, um, going out visiting one time to visit, and then they go back again to bring them in, to walk them in. And uh, it's a long process to get children in without no transportation, and they walk and they walk and they walk and uh, to bring them in for a service. And, uh, but reaching the children... And uh, God is using it, and uh, we're seeing that more and more, these young children coming to know the Lord and being discipled, baptized, and uh, then our goal is to see them in Bible college and uh, training uh, to go out and do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's exciting, exciting to see. And uh, as Pastor Kevin said, I am Daniel Burdine, and I'm my wife Janet over here, and uh, we are missionaries to Nicaragua. And uh, we're delighted to be with you today and be a part of your services. Pastor, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for allowing us to be here. And uh, Pastor Kevin, thank you for all your kindness, hospitality, and helping us getting settled in and everything. And uh, we're very, very grateful for that. First John chapter 3. And uh, I want to point out a couple verses here as we, as we begin tonight. And uh, I want to talk about a theme as we saw a little bit in the program tonight. And of course, it is the love of God. Uh, the love of the Father uh, that He has given uh, to us. And uh, the song the kids sang, Joy to the World. We get to sing Joy to the World year-round in Nicaragua. Uh, it's a normal hymn uh, for them in churches. So in the middle of the year, we're singing Joy to the World. And uh, it's a reminder of Christmas, but uh, all the time. But uh, it's certainly, we see in this passage, a great display of the love of God. And I know we see the love of God through salvation. We've experienced that. We can testify that, but uh, we see God's love displayed in our life on a daily basis. Uh, I know this, and I can say this, and uh, I'm uh, now a father of three children. They're out of the home, and, and uh, my wife and I have been married for 27 years. I have a wonderful family, parents. My uh, dad's a pastor. He's 82 years old, still pastoring, pastor today, preached today. 
have a wonderful family, a wonderful heritage. God has been good to me. And we've experienced, experienced in this lifetime, great love, great love with family, great love with friends. And I've also experienced the love of God. Uh, God's love is an amazing love, not only through salvation, but on a daily basis. And uh, we've seen the love of God displayed in our lives and through being in Nicaragua now for two years. Uh, God has truly been gracious and merciful, and we see His love on a daily basis, and uh, God showing and displaying His love continually in our life. He shows it through His grace. He shows it through His mercy. He shows it through His long-suffering of each of us every day that He puts up with us. He's patient with us, and uh, He does things for us we don't deserve, and uh, we see it over and over and time and again. And uh, we see it on the mission field, what the Lord has done for us in the last two years. Um, as we look back, we were here two years ago, um, and uh, we were able to come in. <clears throat> it was our first time back from being in Nicaragua for a short time. We had to come out and renew our visas, and, uh, but uh, we were here two years ago. And as I look back on that, at the beginning stages of ministry there, and just in two years, what the Lord has accomplished, the doors that have been opened have truly been amazing. And uh, the opportunities God has given my wife and I uh, to lead a Bible college, to direct a ministry there, to equip pastors, um, the, the doors to, of relationships with other pastors throughout Nicaragua, and the opportunities through that is truly an amazing thing. But more than anything, we've seen countless numbers of people, old, young, come to Christ in salvation. And uh, Nicaragua is a harvest that is ready. It is right. The people are receptive, and they listen. And uh, you can talk to people for hours. Uh, You can go soul winning. Here you can go down the street, knock on 40 doors, maybe talk to one person. And uh, you may do that within an hour. But uh, there you can spend two hours and maybe just go to one house. And uh, they'll pull up a chair, and you can sit down, and you can talk, and they have coffee. That even makes it better. And... uh, makes the time go quicker, and, uh, but you, you can talk and talk and talk. They are, they are open to the gospel, and uh, we appreciate your prayers, and, and the opportunities are endless. It truly is, and as long as God keeps opening up the door, we're going to keep going through it, and, uh, and God is truly doing that. He's given us a door of opportunity, and uh, as we go back at uh, the end of January, have meetings through January, uh, you pray for us. We're beginning a new ministry, and uh, every this is another uh, step of faith that uh, God is allowing us, and we see uh, what God has given to us to do. And uh, we're in one area. It's easy when you're on the mission field. It's sometimes a little, it's easy to become uh, satisfied in your safety. And okay, we're in a place. It's safe now. We feel good here. And uh, just to stay there. But uh, there's so much to be done. And uh, so you pray for us. We go back. We want to begin a new ministry. We want to go to a different area of the country and to replicate what we've been doing over the last two years. And uh, our goal, of course, is to reach young people. As I said this morning, the highest, uh, the, the teen suicide rate is the highest in Nicaragua, uh, in all of Central America, and uh, it's daily. And uh, it's, it's a, uh, the future is hopeless for many. And uh, we want to reach these children, we want to reach these young people. And so our goal is to train the nationals. And uh, they can reach, we can reach Nicaragua training the nationals. And, uh, and God has allowed us to do that already. And we want to continue. We want to go to a different area to do that and uh, start a Bible college or plant a church, start churches through that church and train these young men to do the work. And so you pray for us in that regard. Pray as we go back. We need to find a different place 
uh, house in a different area. We have an area picked out that we're going to go to, so we pray that God will lead us in that. And uh, we've, we've used the house from the mission we've been at and their vehicle, a truck that we've used. We put a lot of miles on it and uh, got to know the police very, very well. And uh, they, they know us on a first-name basis now, I think. And uh, we've been stopped many, many times. There's checkpoints all throughout. And uh, I think they just see the gringo, you know. It's like a big sign on the truck, gringo coming, and, and they pull us over. But been for various things. I've probably been stopped probably 30 times as we've been there. But uh, they normally take your license and give you a ticket, and you've got to go pay for it at the bank and all of these things. It's a huge process. But uh, praise the Lord, they've not kept my license once, and I have not had a ticket once. Uh, God has kept us through that. And part of that, I've met a policeman at a church I preached at in Manawa, and I told him, I, w- I was talking about the police in my message. And so he came up, and he laid all of his ID out, and he had me take a photo of all of it. And he said, when you get stopped again, you just show my picture. <laughs> and... I said, thank you, gracias, uh, mucho gracias, <laughs> and so I have used that over 20 times now, and so uh, we, 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 we try to talk our way through it before I get to that, but I say I try to, my wife talks our way through that, she tells me, shut up, let me talk, and uh, she knows more Spanish than I do, and so I get myself more in trouble, and so she does the talking, and uh, and at the end, I said, well, let me call my friend. Oh, you got a friend. Oh, okay, you can go now. And so just uh, recently got stopped, and he says, oh, you're the missionary. Yeah, I'm the missionary. I know, that's me. So anyway, but God has truly shown his favor and showed his grace, and uh, we're excited about what he's doing, and we trust God will keep us there for many more years. It's a communist country, and uh, it's leading that way more and more, but we have religious freedom now. Uh, they're against the Catholics. The question they asked at the airport, are you Christian or Catholic? And if you're Christian, they favor you. And uh, they're truly against the Catholics right now. And uh, so we're praying that the Christians will still have the favor for a while. And uh, but I don't know how long we have, but uh, you pray in the time that we have that um, God will continue to open up these doors. We have, in, I mentioned in Sunday school, we have two containers in Nicaragua. They've been there for a year and a half, and uh, the government is holding them. We're 70% of the way to release them, to get them released. And uh, there's 9 million tracks, um, almost 4,000 Bibles, English, Spanish, and uh, many other things are in that container. And uh, so you pray that we can get that released. There's 6.8 million people in Nicaragua. So we have a track for every person and, um, and more. So pray that we can get those released and get them spread throughout, throughout the country. First John chapter 3, let's stand as we read the scriptures together, shall we? Verses 1 through 3, John says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. It's the one word in verse 1, behold. It means see, come and see, see this, pay attention to this, look at this. And this is John's announcement or his urging us, beseeching us, would you, would you see this, please? We think of the love of God. 
We hear it often. We sing the songs as we're children growing up. They sang about it tonight, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And sometimes we think about the love of God, and we think, yeah, the love of God, for God so loved the world. And this is not written as John writes to unsaved people. This is for us. The Father hath bestowed upon. Doesn't it say God bestowed upon you or bestowed upon us? It says the Father. This is the Father's love for you. His love. I want you to see this, John says. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your great love wherewith you have loved us with. And Father, we ask for thy help here tonight. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this church and pastor and all those that labor and work here. Thank you for the children tonight and their singing and their labor of love and their service and being able to sing and minister to our hearts. And we pray you'll bless them for that and all those that labored with them. And Father, as we now come to the Scriptures, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, open our hearts to thy word. We pray for the leading and the working of thy Holy Spirit, please. Fill us, and may your power flow through us tonight. Thank you again for our Savior. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the love that has been given to us. Now, Lord, help us. We need thee now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. R.A. Torrey said this, God's love is wonderful. It would be no big thing if an unholy God would love unholy people, but that the God whose name is holy, the infinitely holy God, could love people so utterly sinful as we are. That, he said, is the wonder of the eternities. That a holy God would love an unholy, sinful people. Yet God has displayed His love to us. Aren't you glad that God loves the sinner? For God so loved the what? The world. That He gave His only begotten Son. God is love. We see that in 1 John 4, in verse 8, declared to us, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is the very personification of love. When He loves, He is being Himself, because He is love. In Ephesians 3.19, Paul's prayer to the people of Ephesus was that you may know the love of Christ. Think of that, that you may know the love of Christ. Then Paul continues and he says, which passeth all understanding. You will never be able to fully comprehend and understand the love of God and how God loves the sinner, how God loves us, how God continues to love us, and how that love never changes. It never wavers. That love remains the, sta- the same constantly. There was an old man that knew Charles Spurgeon, and Charles Spurgeon was visiting his home one day, and they were outside, and on the top of the barn, the old farmer, he had a, a wind uh, mill or wind something arrow up there, whatever you call it, a windmill, and uh, on that windmill had an arrow on it, and of course, as the wind blew, it spun around in different directions, and 
on that windmill, he had written, God is love. God is love. And Charles Spurgeon said, I see that sign up there. He says, it's, I just have a question. He says, it says God is love, but it's just constantly spinning, going all in different directions. And he said, can you explain that? And he said, well, I can explain it very simply. He said, no matter which way the wind blows or which direction it comes from, God's love remains the same always. And it is so true. God's love never changes. The circumstances never change the love of God. Romans 8, 35, I'm grateful for this, that nothing will ever separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. John says, see, as we look at the beginning of the, this epistle in chapter 1, we see that our fellowship, we as believers, our fellowship is with the Father. We have fellowship with Him and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, we see that even we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins. Verse 25, this is the promise that He hath promised us, even eternal life. As John is making his way through the epistle and writing of the love of the Father and what we have in the Father, the fellowship we have, we have Jesus Christ, eternal life through Him. And because of Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with the God of the universe that He's not only God, but now through Christ and now to have a relationship, He is our Father. A Father we have in Him. And as John comes now to this part, chapter 3, verse 1, he says this word, Behold, behold, would you stop and see this? Don't let the term, the love of God, just pass you by. Stop and think about this. What he has done for you and what he's accomplished through Jesus Christ, this great love. We have... 21 students in our Bible college, and I mentioned briefly in Sunday school, but at the in October, at the end of our school year, school year runs from March to um, November in Nicaragua, and so we had a graduation in November. But October, we finished up the year teaching, and our last three weeks was theology and uh, bibliology, and so we uh, took two weeks, and I taught the young men, the pastors, the young men that are studying to be pastors, and my wife said, we have nine girls in our college, and my wife took those young girls, and she taught them uh, for two weeks, and so we taught theology, and uh, the last week was bibliology, but we spent two weeks just teaching theology, the study of God, uh, theology proper, and the first night I met with the young people, I taught all of them together, and you got to remember these young people, they age from the, it range from the age of 18 to, to 29 years old, and, and uh, in that age range there, but they come from all different backgrounds, walks of life, different situations. But many of them, majority of them, have come from broken homes and abuse and just horrible situations that they've come out of that God has saved them, God has changed their life, and now they're studying to serve Christ. But I wanted to be sure and I wanted to remind them that all of their circumstances, everything that they've been through, does not define who God is. What they've all experienced is a result of sin. Sin. We live in a fallen world. And I don't know what all has happened to you in your life, but sin is real. Sin hurts. Sin is painful. 
and sin destroys. But as we think about that, I went around all of the young men the next day and, and went one by one. I said, tell me your story, where you came from. Tell me your background. How'd you get here? How'd you get here at a chair at a table and studying about God and at a Bible college and now training? How'd you get here? And they went one by one and they told their story. Only one of them had a dad. Broken homes. Many of them, dad's in jail. Dad died when they were three. Grew up with mom. A couple of them grew up, one grew up in an orphanage. Two of them grew up in an orphanage. All different kinds of stories. But there's one thing that remains the same and one thing that never changes. God is love. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. God is love, but also God is wrath. There is the such thing as called the wrath of God. And God's wrath is on sin. And I am so grateful tonight as we think of this, as you look at verse 1, I want you to look first of all, as John says, see, see, behold what manner this, this display of love the Father has bestowed on you, has bestowed on us. So first of all, we're looking at it tonight. What does John want us to see? First of all, we want to see this act of love. This is an action of love that God has displayed and bestowed on me and on you. And it was that love that was given to us because the wrath of God was upon each and every one of us because of sin. Sin has to be paid for. There is a payment for sin. For the wages of sin is death. There's a payment for it. Sin must be dealt with. But I'm so thankful that the wrath of God was displayed on a place called Calvary. And as Jesus died and He suffered for me and He suffered for you, and as we celebrate this wonderful time of the year, yes, it's a joyful time. Yes, it's a time of celebration. It's a beautiful time. But always remember this. Jesus came to appease and to satisfy the wrath of God Almighty that you and I could be set free and delivered from our sins. That's the love of God. This is the love of God that He has shed and given and bestowed and shed abroad to each and every one of us. This see, this, this act of love given to us. Look, it's displayed for us really in one word in chapter 2, verse 2. If you look at it with me, it says, He is the propitiation for our sins. Word propitiation it simply means he was the sacrifice that was accepted by God. The atonement for our sin. The atonement was made that sin could be forgiven. Not that God overlooks our sin. No, sin's been paid for. The wrath of God has been satisfied in what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Come see this act of of love. Number two, look what it says as the verse continues, as the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. This is come and see this acceptance of love. Think about that. We're part of a family. We have six Bolivian students in the college, and they came from Bolivia, and they came from an orphanage. They grew up in an orphanage, grew up in those type of lifestyle and 
no home life growing up, just among other orphans. But they love the Lord, and it's wonderful to be around them, and they have a sense of belonging and family. And I'm going to tell you, it's wonderful to be a part of a family, isn't it? It's wonderful. But tonight, we have true joy, we have true peace, we have true faith in knowing that we are called the sons of God. I'm a child of the King. You're a child of the King through Jesus Christ. That we are accepted into the family of God, accepted into the beloved. This is an acceptance. Look at this. See this. The love that the Father hath bestowed upon you. See this. This, this acceptance into a family, the family of God that Nothing will ever change that. He is my father, I am his child, and nothing will ever separate me from his love. Come and see this also in verse 2, this appearing. Look in verse 2, beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John says, see this, see this. The love He's bestowed on you. See this acceptance, His act of love, this acceptance of love. And thirdly, this appearing of love. Listen to the song they sang tonight. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again. One of the things they always ask us when we leave Nicaragua, every time we come out, we come out, we go back in. They always ask, you are coming back, right? So they always ask, the kids ask, you are coming back. We know you have three children in the United States. You are going to come back here, right? He asks us every time, the pastor says, when are you coming back? Are you coming back? And that question is, does it always ask? I say, yes, we'll be back. God willing, God permits, we'll be back. That's our plan. And uh, we'll be here. When there's relationship, there's love. Jesus displays his love to us and his promise. I will come again. I will come again. And we think about the return of Christ, it could be tonight. Could be this week. The stage is set in our world for the return of Christ. The end is near. And the coming of Christ is very, very soon. And it reminds us of several things, and I love the what John says we shall be like him. We will be changed, this vile body be changed into his body, like his, and a glorified body. And that moment when we are called out, the trumpet will sound and uh, the voice of the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's a wonderful promise we have. That's the love of God to us. I will come back, and I'll receive you to myself, as Jesus says. We have the promise of the appearing of Christ, and then Number, th- number four, and verse three, if you look at it with me, this is our response in verse three. And every man that hath this hope in him. Is this hope in you tonight? Can you say I've experienced, I, I, only do I know the act of love that God has displayed, this acceptance, this appearing, I, I heard that I know that but only do I know about it but I've experienced this this hope is in me it's personal to me 
I'm grateful and we can fall on our knees and praise and worship to God and thanking Him for His act of love to us. That He has accepted me. Accepted me. And one day He will come back for me. Here is the application of this love. If this hope is in you, John says, purify yourself even as He is pure. When Jesus comes back, we see in verse 2, the Bible says, we will be made like Him. Won't it be a great day when we're perfect? We're completely perfect. That'll be a glorious day, won't it? My wife will be so happy (laughs) to finally have a perfect husband. Perfection. Made like Him. But you understand, if this hope is in you, His righteousness is in you. And that righteousness must come forth from our life. To be changed into His image. The image of Christ. Are you being changed daily? Are you being changed now? Are you transforming now? Are you purifying yourself now? Listen, this world is only temporary. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. John said that. Purify yourself from this world. Purify yourself from sin because Christ is pure and He is in you and He that is in you is pure and that purity must come forth from your life. We see it in verse 29 of chapter 2. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of Him. This is His righteousness in us. We must purify ourselves Accordingly, our, fir- our theme for our first year of Bible college was changed into his image because all of the students, not all of them, the majority of them were quite unruly. There was no rules at the time, and so we had to put everything in place, had to get it all back together. And we truly saw in the last two years God working in the hearts of these young people. And our theme the first year was changed his image. Cheating was a way of life. Stealing was a way of life. Lying was a way of life. That's a normal thing in Nicaragua. It's a poor country, and so they cheat, they lie, they steal. And many times, even grows over the church, it becomes culture to where they even call it uh, Santo Rabando, which is holy stealing. It's for a good purpose. Take it. You know, it's culture. Um, I went through, I don't know how many brooms and mops and buckets on my porch. Uh, every time I turn around, my, my mop's gone, my, my broom is gone, my bucket's gone. Couldn't keep anything outside. It's just gone. And uh, I've now been able for the last six months keep the same broom, same mop, same bucket. It's a very happy thing for me <laughs> to be able to, I know it just sounds normal, but is it, what's a mop, what's a bucket? But, you know, we went through a lot of them. But um, it was a way of life, but we see the Lord changing them little by little. And uh, when we left, we just truly saw a transformation in the lives of these young people. And we want to see it all throughout Nicaragua. It's not us. It's Christ in us and let Christ be formed in you his righteousness this is the love of God I want you to see it John says see it this act of love this display that God has given through Jesus Christ this acceptance are you a child of God 
You can be a child of God through receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior, but as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name. We're accepting. He will come again. And I ask you tonight, what is your application of this love? What is your response to this love? Paul put it this way in Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. God's love is displayed through His mercy. And what we do deserve, I deserve hell, you deserve hell, but God loves me, and God has showed his love. And John, Paul says, I beseech you for this, by this mercy that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And as we think about the love that has been given to us, it is a reasonable service. What are you doing for Christ? This is a wonderful time of the year to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Be faithful at that. Is your life being changed? Let's respond to this love. Not just pass it over and hear a song or hear a term, the love of God and God loves you. Truly stop and think and see what God, the Father, has bestowed upon us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word, the power of your word. Thank you for your love may truly impact who we are. May our response be through application that we will purify ourselves even as you are pure. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen.